The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the two-point conversation football talk for fans by fans right here on the network at bicbp-radio.com my name is matt johnson one of your hosts and alongside with me as always of course for our final curses episode for the month of october mr andrew lentz andrew happy friday to you uh what's new uh Nothing much. Just getting ready for Halloween, trick-or-treating. I got my kids all scared telling them that we might. I don't know who's taking them trick-or-treating because uh, the Bills are playing the Dolphins, and I'm a Dolphins fan. My wife is a Bills fan, so they're like, oh, no, we're going to go trick-or-treating. I'm like, you guys go trick-or-treating. I'm just messing around with you. So it was kind of fun to see their expression <laughs> on their face in, in horror as thought that they were not going to go uh, trick-or-treating. but. Don't worry, my kids will be going trick or treating. That's good. That's good. I hate, I hate Halloween. I do. I've, I've been thinking about it lately, and I I don't think I've ever really liked Halloween. It's cool to dress up. I mean, it's cool for the kids. It's cool when you're a parent again. But you know, I don't know. I'm not a Halloween guy. I'm just a miserable prick, apparently. You know what's funny? What's that? Is, you, you talk about this, and you talk about Halloween, and then with the kid being a kid and you're like oh it's halloween and then christmas is a big one and easter and all that stuff oddly enough my favorite like holiday out of the big ones is turning into thanksgiving for some odd reason i feel like that is my favorite one probably i don't live close too close by family anyways so it's always just my wife and my kids but I cook dinner and I feel it's so cool because now you can watch football off of your phone. Like I watch football off my phone while I'm cooking, but yet I got to go in the living room if I need to. And it's just, it's a lot of Thanksgiving is just more fun for me because it's just dinner. It's right. not, it's not a big to do. <sighs> my family makes lo- it a big to do. I, I love, I love Christmas. See, I'm starting to sound like that grouchy old man, too. I love <laughs> Christmas and everything else. My kids are great. You know, open up the presents and everything else. But it's just that whole thing. Did we get everything that we wanted? And then you start feeling, are you a good are you, are you a good parent? Because, you know, you didn't get them. But then again, it's not about that. And But Thanksgiving is, did I put food on the table? it's like the working holiday in my mind. Did I just put food on the table? Yes. Did I kill the, did I uh, overdo the turkey or did I overdo this? No, very simple, very nice. You eat, it gets cleaned up. It's all done. There's no Christmas trees. There's no decorations. There's none of this craziness. Right. And then like Halloween, did I get, I get my kid a costume. Now I got to buy candy 
but I got to make sure I buy candy at a certain time. So that way I don't eat all of that candy before Halloween comes. So we have some for the trick-or-treaters or did my kids find that candy and decide that they were just going to go haywire on it and everything else. So I feel Thanksgiving is my least stressful holiday around this time of the year. And I think that's why it's become my favorite. Excuse me. It's probably true. Yeah. Christmas, there's too much traveling. Halloween, I just don't care anymore. So that's probably why it's not as stressful for me. But Christmas, Christmas is too much back and forth. Like, I loved COVID Christmas. I loved COVID Christmas with every every fiber of my being. Loved it because I had one, I had two places to go, and I was home by 6 o'clock. It was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. That's why you need kids. Huh? That's why you need kids. Why? So you can make people come to you? You make people come to you because once they get older, you'd be like, well, you know, little uh, Matty Jr. doesn't want to leave his toys after we don't want him to take away from his toys after he just opened it all up. So why don't you guys come here for Christmas? (laughs) So then that way you kind of like, yeah, you know, that is kind of rough. You know, kid getting taken away from his toys on Christmas. You know, maybe we should just go there. So then you just got to worry about people coming to your house. Yeah. That did used to piss me off. That did used to make me really mad back in the day when I get all these sweet toys and they're like, yeah, you can't bring them to your next place. I'm like, what the, you know, (laughs) See, what's that? I just got a game for PlayStation. Nah, you're not bringing, they're not bringing that. Sorry. You're right. It is stupid. That's why you got to kind of go with that excuse. You You know, it's, it's I don't know. I'm not going to take my kids away from their presents. You come to our house, just bring the presents here. And then that way they can enjoy all their presents at one time. When it's really, I don't feel like going anywhere that early in the morning. I don't feel like getting kids dressed right then and there and going somewhere by a certain time. And you guys could just come at, come over anytime you want, you know, eight o'clock or on. If you want to open up, watch the kids open up presents, that's cool. Because then you got extra adults there too. Right. So you can slip away to go take a shower or, you, you know what I'm saying, get dressed or we have one-on-one with the kid. I talk about this all the time with you. I, I have three kids. There's one of me most of the time. My wife works. This is why I can never get mad at a defensive back in the NFL because I blow coverages constantly with my kids. I think I got one kid locked down and there's, there's two others running free to the end zone. So, so that's, so that's the way I look at it is if I can get people to my house, I'm not looking, I'm not saying I'm just looking for adult babysitters and I don't take care of my kids, but sometimes you need some time, you know, maybe you want to take an extra five minutes in the shower, be able to listen to music without a head poking through the shower curtain, go, what you doing? And, you know, as you're cowering in the corner with the with a loofah over your private parts because you don't want your kid to see a butt naked. So these are things that, you know, you bring the adults to your house and then they watch. You get a little bit of a moment. You, something, you always need a moment. My mother always said, take care of yourself, because if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your kids. So you get well, a moment. It's a good quote. No, for sure. Moments are moments are nice. Um, yeah, so that's our feeling on the holidays. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, holidays are rough. Uh, I don't know. Too much, too much. They're, they're cool, but they're not. Uh, today, though, just ahead of Halloween, we are talking about our final curse for the month of October. And uh, we mentioned it last week. 
I was actually getting really nervous. I, I was like, I was happy to really and relieved to know that we had an extra Friday uh, for the month. Today, we were going to talk about Andrew's favorite player of all time uh, and the curse that surrounds him. And that is one Ryan Fitzpatrick, the curse of Fitzpatrick. That's what we're going to break down and talk a little bit about um, today. Now, I'm trying to think of when I first really learned of the curse. It might have been. I think it was during this Tampa Bay run. It might have been during the Jets run. But I. Uh, you know, I think it was the Jets run. I think it was the Jets run because just the way that things shaped up when IK and Paulie or whatever. Uh, oh. Punched Geno Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick just happened to be there like, oh. Oh, I guess I'm starting now. And people started to allude to it. I was like, holy Christ, this is kind of accurate. It's pretty crazy. It, it It's like, it's insane. Like people like to call guys like Tom Brady lucky. And I think that's such a unfair statement when used, um, directed at Tom Brady. But my God, Ryan Fitzpatrick, how many situations just to unravel themselves for, for him to get a starting opportunity in the National Football League? Too many. Too many. Well, I mean, that's in your opinion, but. <laughs> Once again, I don't hate Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes, I you hate do. hate the hype around Ryan Fitzpatrick. You, you People just. If he was on fire, you wouldn't piss on him to put the fire out. I am so Dennis Green when anybody talks about Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> and, you know, make him sound greater than he is. I'm so done at a screen press conference whatever he fails and just goes, you know what? He was what I thought he was. And if you want to crown him, go ahead and crown him. But he, he he's going to be this every single time. He's going to be great. And then he's going to be really bad. So, but that's, I got to clear that up. So I just learned about this. I'm not going to lie. When you brought it up, I was thinking to myself, is there really a curse of Ryan Fitzpatrick? And I'm looking at it, and you're right. Every single team he, that he went to, other than other than the Dolphins, uh, two, other than 2019, he was pretty much the starter there. Yeah. Josh, Ro- Josh but- Rosen was very uncertain. Uh, Josh Rosen was very okay. Young. You're right. 2019. That's that is fair. I still think it's 2020. 20, 2020. I think it would count towards the curse. Why well, Tua didn't get hurt? But Tua got pulled, and Fitzpatrick won them games, and he had him in a playoff run, and then he went away, and they didn't. Well, we'll we'll, we'll go year by year. We'll, we'll elaborate. Yeah. Close we'll to him. You in a play and put you in a playoff run, huh? My closer can't put you in playoff runs. I think of that whole thing as a starter and a closer. Ryan Fitzpatrick. They weren't beating the Raiders if if Fitzpatrick didn't come out there. Sorry, and that was the big one. That was a big and one. I, and I thought they were an overachieving team last year, anyways. I know. If you go back and you listen, I always thought they were overachieving. You did. There's there's no denying it. You definitely did. And they are severely uh, underachieving this year. That's for sure. And I um, called that one too a little bit where I was like, I don't know about this. Sometimes you just get a, you get a sense about your team 
when you've been a fan for so long. And I got that sense this year with the Dolphins, but I see it now. You know, Mark Bulger, I actually have the, the list here. We got Mark Bulger in 2005 goes down with a shoulder injury, uh, missed eight games. That's no, it was Jamie Martin. I got, they, uh, for the one SB Nations got Bulger. I got 05. Um, Jamie Martin was injured start for the starter. I got to Houston, it Texas. Was. And uh, it's oh. on Reddit. It's on Reddit. Mind you. you got, but, uh, what's that? Oh, sorry. No, the next one would have been Carson Palmer, right? Yeah. But yeah, 2005, Jamie Martin was injured and Fitzpatrick came in relief and he was at a 24 to three deficit against the Houston Texans. Uh, and he led the Rams back. He threw for three touchdowns and uh, the Rams led it uh, won a overtime victory, 33 to 27. This is the very first, um, very first big time Fitz magic kind of moment, but he wasn't very good after that. They tried to roll with him. Why? Uh, really? Yeah. He was bad after something. You mean <laughs> he wasn't consistent? That doesn't sound like Ryan Fitzpatrick at all. Would they have known that at that time, Mister Mister Lens? Would they have Would they have known what they had in Fitzpatrick at that time? Nobody knows what they have in Fitzpatrick in any of his teams. <laughs> Let's see. Where's this Houston Texans game? Right there. I'm gonna find this. Yeah, David Carr, David Carr, David Carr. Let's see. Where's the passing? Yeah, Jamie Martin was was playing. He went. He was three for uh, two for three, fourteen yards before he went down. Fitzpatrick went nineteen of thirty, three hundred and ten yards, three touchdowns, one INT. Also took five sacks. So uh, the Rams were bad. This is a. This is after they just pretty much cut everybody like no. Kurt Warner was gone. Falk was banged up at the time. I still think they had, I think that they still had Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt, but yeah, uh, they had, this is like maybe Steven Jackson's rookie year. Right. Um, let's see. Oh, don't want that next game. Yep. Fitzpatrick. Uh, yeah, not a good day. Not a good day. 21 to 36, 163 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. And he took three sacks and they lost to, I'll just run through these. They lost to the Redskins 24 to nine. And then the next game, 26 to 45. Holy shit. 26 of 45, 235 yards passing, zero touchdowns, five interceptions, and one sack against, yeah, the Minnesota Vikings, the uh, 05 Minnesota Vikings. Oof. And then they roll with them again against Philadelphia. Against Philadelphia. Uh, Donovan McNabless, Philadelphia, at that. Um, if Fitzpatrick went 10 for 24, 69 yards, one touchdown, one INT. They only lost by one point, but Jamie Martin did come back in. He did end up coming back in. Let's see if they use Fitzpatrick the following week. Nope. <laughs> and then Fitzpatrick was benched. So that, that was that. So this is the very first, you know, side. It's not so much a curse at this point, but just a uh, uh, just a happening, so to speak. Just 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 something happening. 
Um, yeah, that's that's tough. 2006, he was still the backup. Nothing really came of it. He didn't get any. He didn't get any stats. No playing time. That what did, I don't see. Did, I wonder if Mark Bolger was drafted that year or came to the team that year. Mark Bolger? Yeah. What was oh, he drafted? He was Same year Brady was. He's part of the Brady Six. Is he really? Yeah. He's, uh, he was actually, yeah, he was drafted before Tom Brady by the New Orleans Saints. Oof. A little tidbit. <laughs> um, yeah, I, did, I completely forgot about that. 2007, Fitzpatrick was traded to the Cincinnati Bengals before the beginning of the season. Uh, did not do anything. However, in 2008, this is uh, this is when the curse starts to become a thing. Fitzpatrick inks a deal, and uh, Carson Palmer injures his elbow during the week three, and Fitzpatrick started 13 games that season. Uh, let's take a, let's take a gander at the 2008 Cincinnati Bengals and what Ryan Fitzpatrick did for them. So he started the, the remainder of the season. All right, so he got. You got plenty of playing time. Um, 2008 Bengals. PFR. All right. So week three against the Giants, he got hurt. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good. You know what? He didn't play terribly. Let's take a look and see what what. Oh, Carson Paul, he didn't come out, so he must have started week four. Um, Fitzpatrick, 21 to 35, 156 yards, one touchdown, three INTs, three sacks against the Browns. They lost to the Browns in 2008. Yeah, that's bad. And they played the Dallas Cowboys the following week. They lost 31 to 22. Oh, Palmer was back. Palmer came back that game. That's interesting. All right, but then against the Jets, Fitzpatrick was back, and they lost the Jets. They lost the Jets. Fitzpatrick, 20 of 33, 152 yards. Got outplayed by Brett Favre. Wait, did he play in that 2008? Did he play against the Eagles? He did in overtime. That That is the game where Donovan McNabb found out that you can end a regular season game on a tie. Is that really the game? That's the game. That's hilarious. Okay. So yeah. So Fitzpatrick was the opponent in that one. He, uh, he went 29 of 44, 261 yards and one touchdown in that game. But yeah, their final game of the season, they beat the Kansas city chiefs 16 to six. Oof. Kansas City was bad that year. But, um, yeah, he won his last three starts. He won his last three starts against Washington, against Cleveland, and against Kansas City. All right, so that's two. That's What's that? Oh, he went, yeah, because he went four, seven, and one as a starter that, that year. Yeah. All right, so that's the end of 2008. 2009, Fitzpatrick's a free agent. They let him walk, understandably so. And uh, he's... <laughs> And he signs with the good old Buffalo Bills. He got a three-year, $7.4 million contract. However, in this year, the curse strikes again. Trent Edwards, the team starter, whose jersey hangs up 
ironically, right next to my Jets Fitzpatrick jersey in here. Uh, Trent Edwards goes down, and Fitzpatrick comes in. Yeah, Edwards goes down, Fitzpatrick comes in. This is the third time in his career that this has happened, and Fitzpatrick uh, goes 4-4 four and four that year as the Buffalo Bills starter, throwing nine touchdowns to 10 interceptions for 1,422 yards. He also had a 98-yard touchdown to Terrell Owens that year, and Terrell Owens one year in Buffalo. So, uh, so yeah, so, listen, not great, but a lot more, uh, I think a little bit better of a run than he's had in his previous occasions. Four and four as a starter with some of those Bills teams. Kudos to you, Brian Fitzpatrick. 2010, Trent Edwards was benched as the starter by head coach Chan Gailey, and Fitzpatrick was named the starter. And he had his best season of his career to that point. He had a 4-9 record as the starter, unfortunately, but his most productive touchdown, 23 touchdowns to 15 interceptions, and he threw for uh, over 3,000 yards. He led a massive comeback against the Cincinnati Bengals that year, and uh, the Bills became the first team to come back from 17 points down to win by 18 or more. So, so it happened twice for the Bills, the Fitzpatrick. It happened twice to Trent Edwards. So 2011, the first time ever in his career, Fitzpatrick was the guy. QB won the season. Uh, the Bills came into 2011 with him as the season. Uh, him as 2011, Bills come in with him as their QB one. Uh, but it started off really, really good. It started off really, really, really good, my man. Uh, he he beat the Patriots. One of a really cool moment. He helped lead the Bills past the Patriots, um, which was a huge, huge deal. You consider that 2011. That's the year they went back to the Super Bowl to play the Giants. It's pretty good. Threw for three, uh, 3,800 yards and 24 touchdowns that season. 
Good times. How many running backs we got? We got uh, Marshawn Lynch, who's really good, you know, up and coming. And we got Fred Taylor, who's a really good solid back. Let's go get that CJ Spiller kid out of Clemson. Why, why, <laughs> why do we need him? Because we just do. <laughs> yeah. Those Barry comes back and wants to run the wishbone. We got to be able to do it. Wait, wait, wait. Who runs the wishbone? <laughs> Man. Yeah, so that's where we're at right now in the Fitzpatrick. This is only 2011. He got his first major contract and the first big-time contract extension for a Bills quarterback since Jim Kelly, um, which would be, I think, 15 years, 14, 15 years prior at this. Well, Jim Kelly retired in 96, 95, 96 season, I think, was his last, or 96, 97. Yeah, 96, I want to say. I think so, too. All right, so 2012 comes around, and Fitzpatrick another year as the uh, official starter. Puts up a really good season, 3,400 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, only 16 interceptions. However, his record was only 6-10, and 10, and uh, Buffalo realized that they he was not the guy. What? Come on. Poor Ryan never gets a chance. <laughs> He doesn't listen. We you, we like to talk stats and all that stuff. That team around them was not very good. Yeah, but we want to talk about stats, but then we also want to don't want to do that. We want to talk about things, you know, the team is not being very good, but then other people want to go. Yeah, but he can't elevate other players. So there you go. Because if we want to look at terrible stats, we can go see John Elway compared to today. And John Elway could has that it to him where he could rise to the occasion consistently. That's the key word when we talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick, consistently. And also elevate others. That is the one thing in pro sports that you always need to find. Is who can somebody elevate, that, though? Who can, who is he going to elevate? You know he's not a franchise guy. Who is he going to elevate? Exactly. So why are we treating him like this? Yeah, but you have to get, have guys that are worthy of being elevated. You're, you're treating. At, let me look at the 2012 Buffalo Bills right roster. All right. Listen to me. Are you the guy that goes into McDonald's and complains about the breakfast if it's cold? Because that's the people that I'm talking about here. Know what you got. This is what you got. You got a McDonald's breakfast. You're not at a nice upscale restaurant. You got a McDonald's breakfast. It's going to do the job. It's going to nourish you. It's going to put food in your stomach. But is it going to taste 100% delicious? Is the biscuit going to be 100% you know, moist and everything else? No. But it's going to get the job done. It's going to give you breakfast. Yes. Listen, bro. All right, they had one player be good, and it was Stevie Johnson. All right. Who else was on that team? All right, tight end Scott Chandler. Running back C.J. Spiller, wide receiver Donald Jones, tight end T.J. Graham. You had Fred Jackson and some of these other clowns. You had Brad Smith, Doran Dickerson, Ruvel Martin. Bro, Andrew Luck couldn't do do anything for these people. All right. Andrew Luck elevated teams. There are certain people that elevate teams higher than what they need to be. 
All right. And he just doesn't have it. Okay. He didn't have that elevation mentality of being able to get it. I, I that's what I I think that's one of the things that he's missing and that he overachieves and everybody has such high expectations for him that when he falls flat on his face, everybody's like, what? Come on. It's Fitz magic. Well, just like in real life, magic isn't real. Okay. All an illusion. So when he has a really good game, it's all an illusion because you, <laughs> because the mass magician's going to come out of the back and show you why he had a really good game. And then the next game he sucked. Uh, well, yeah. So he was ousted out of Buffalo. Yeah. All right. The Bills wanted to put their hands in EJ Manuel. Uh, give give the keys to the king, the, the so called kingdom to EJ Manuel, their first round pick out of Florida State, and we all know how that happened. That that panned out. So in 2013, yeah. Fitzpatrick was released. Get still getting paid pretty good money, I believe. I believe he's still a pretty significant dead cap hit uh, to the team. I'm not sure, but 2013, Fitzpatrick. Sniffing around, goes to Tennessee Titans, who uh, whose quarterback one was one of the most injury-prone quarterbacks in the National Football League at that time, Mr. Jake Locker. Titans were a hot mess, and uh, oh my God, Jake Locker got hurt. Here comes Fitzpatrick. Uh, it was a bad year. He went four and seven as a starter. Twenty two thousand four hundred fifty-four passing yards, fourteen touchdowns, twelve interceptions, and they're like, Nah, fam, you got to go. But again, the curse prevailed. This was, this was like the next two years. I feel were like the Ryan Fitzpatrick obscure years. Like nobody really, he kind of got forgot about in a way. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you'd see him on the sidelines. You'd be like, "Oh, is that is that Ryan Fitzpatrick?" <laughs> or you would be like the quarterback. Like in the case of a lot of these, where the quarterbacks would go down for the titans or something you know who's their backup and then you'd be like whoa it's ryan fitzpatrick that's the way i look at these next two years i see well 2014 comes around and fitzpatrick signed to the houston texans a team who was uh looking for a clean slate so to speak just trying to get a fresh start the texans uh fired coach gary kubiak and brought in the wonderful bill o'brien and uh yeah, so Matt Schaub booted out the door, and they signed Fitzpatrick and traded for Ryan Mallett from New England, um, who O'Brien had worked with during his time in, in New England. And uh, it was the most talented offensive Fitzpatrick had ever been with. All right, He worked with Arian Foster, who was in his prime, Andre Johnson, who was still killing it, and uh, a rookie, DeAndre Hopkins. He found himself, it was an iffy situation, iffy season. Um, uh, not very great, but Mallet would eventually he got benched. Mallet tore his pectoral muscle, and Fitzpatrick went back to the starting lineup. And then, uh, but Fitzpatrick, let's see, um, he did have a really good game against the Titans, which is cool that year against his former team. He threw for uh, six touchdown passes against the Tennessee Titans, so that's neat. But he broke his leg, and uh, in December and that would be the end of their playoff chances. What was Houston? I got to see what Houston was in 2014. 
If you if there was an end in if he breaks his leg in December and they're they're saying that that was the end of their playoff chances, Houston might have been deep. They were nine and seven that year. Yeah, they were never. Houston has never been around this time. Houston was never really horrible. Fitzpatrick was six and six as a starter. Case Keenum two and zero, oh, and then Ryan Mallett one and one. That was a good year for Fitzpatrick. 17 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 2,483 passing yards. So who was their starting quarterback the next year? 2015? I think that was yeah. Hoyer. Or no, it was, it was, I think it was Mallet and Hoyer. Because they, they, they won the AFC South that year. And Brian Hoyer, Hoyer was the start, starting quarterback. Yeah, Brian Hoyer was your... There was no Andrew, Jesus. There was, was no Andrew that year. Right, 2015. He was out. He got hurt in against Denver, and Houston won the division with Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett, and TJ Yates and Brandon Whedon. That's disgusting. Jacksonville was horrible. Tennessee was horrible. Yeah, that was Mariota's rookie year, I think, 2015. Yeah, how bad is that? We had Matt Hasselbeck. But Houston's defense is really good, and that's what was winning them games. That's what was winning them games. But they got beat by, I think, Kansas City beat Houston in the first round that year. And then Casey and lost to New England the following week. Looking at the 2015 Texans season, I'm thinking to myself, this is one time where I'm thinking, why didn't you keep him? <laughs> why didn't you keep Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> kind of, sort of, right? Kind of, sort of. Because I would have taken... Probably because he broke his know. leg. That's probably why. Yeah, but he, he you know, he's. I know Ryan Mallett was young, but once again, he didn't work out in New England. You, you know, he's better than Ryan Mallett. You know, he's better. I take Ryan Fitzpatrick over Ryan Mallett and Brian Hoyer any day of the week. If you ask, you know, who who do you want out of these guys? I'm taking Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you knew he could give you something with what you have. That's, I think that's the only time that maybe other than the, the bills in a way, I don't know, but this is probably the only time where I'm thinking, why didn't you just keep him? Probably cause he broke his leg injury, fear of injury, like uh, in rehab. He's, I guess he's you break your leg in December. Young. That's tough. That's tough to depend on. He's relatively young. 32. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, 2015 rolls around. This is where I think, yeah, this is where it kind of becomes official. Uh, Fitzpatrick signs with the Jets after being cut from Houston. Uh, just kind of just a veteran backup. That's kind of where his his legacy is at that point. And uh, Geno Smith is the guy there. This is year two or th- no, this be year three. They drafted Geno Smith in 2013. This is year three of Geno Smith. And he got he gets his jaw broken by a guy he owed six hundred dollars to. Um, <laughs> the person who wrote this article, this Reddit post, says which further demonstrated that Fitzpatrick is a power not to be trifled with. <laughs> but he broke his jaw, and Fitzpatrick was really good that year. He went on to have the best season of his career. Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker caught twenty six of Fitzpatrick's thirty one touchdown passes. And Chris Ivory 
the running back, broke through over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground. The Jets were headed. Uh, they were almost in the playoffs. They were 10-5, and five and they lost to Buffalo in weeks, week 17. They would have went to the postseason if they had won that game. Um, and that's how Pittsburgh got in. Pittsburgh ends up beating the Cincinnati. Yeah, it was it was bad. He threw three fourth quarter interceptions in that loss um, at a one week after beating the Patriots in overtime. So, um, so yeah, 2016, 2016, they signed him. He holds out. He goes, dude, I just balled out for you guys. And they signed him to a massive contract, a one-year, fully guaranteed $12 million contract. That would serve as a prove it. And, of course, this is where my jersey curse comes in. <laughs> okay? This is where my jersey curse comes in. I was all about Fitzpatrick at this point. I'm like, this dude's awesome. He killed it. He beat the Patriots. He's having a good fantasy year. I ordered his jersey in September. It's Fitzpatrick's color rush jersey. Um, I've told the story a dozen times on the show, but for those who are new listening, this is what happened. Bought his jersey. I was hoping to come in before the Bills played the Jets at home on Thursday Night Football. He did not. Fitzpatrick torches the Bills. Torches the Bills. So it's for like 400 yards. Has a monster fantasy football day. And then, um, and so everything, wow. Jersey comes in the week after. I'm like, you know what? Fitzpatrick balled out. He's doing really good this year. I'm going to get him in fantasy. I'm going to start him. And I'm going to wear my jersey while watching his game the next week. Then next week, six interceptions throughout the game. And he had negative 12, negative, I can't remember exactly how many points now, but it was like negative six points or something, negative four points as a start as a quarterback for fantasy. Six interceptions against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so he was bad. Geno Smith. Uh, came back and then uh, Smith got injured again and, and Fitzpatrick let a comeback victory over the Ravens and then he beat Cleveland. And then he lost five straight and that was it. He was gone. Goodbye. Goodbye, Fitzpatrick. Thanks for coming. Would you say he wasn't consistent that year? Say he had a bad team around him. I love the bad team excuse. The bad team <laughs> excuse only gets rolled out for when we, we just roll it out. Whenever we need to make an excuse for somebody, I know I've done it, but it just gets rolled out for certain people. Just roll, just just roll out the bad excuse. We like this guy, but he's not. Con- he's he's too inconsistent. I uh, roll out the bad team excuse. I love it. I will just. I you know it gets under your skin, so that's why I do it. I know. Uh, <laughs> twenty seventeen, twenty seventeen. Fitzpatrick's a free agent again. He signs with Tampa Bay. To help mold the, the mind of the crab eating, uh, uh, the crab stealing, W eating, Jameis Winston. <laughs> He's going to help mold his mind. And uh, Winston, who had been pretty good, pretty healthy his first two years, uh, suffers a nagging shoulder injury that would force Fitzpatrick to start three games and play spot duty. Uh, the Bucks went from nine and seven in 2016 to five and 11 in 2017. So the Fitzpatrick's curse strikes again. However, in 2018, this is where stuff gets interesting. Jameis gets suspended for three games to open the 2018 season because he likes stealing crabs. And there's some other stuff just off field. It's a lot of off field unfortunateness. 
Uh, that's not a word, but I just said it. And uh, Fitzpatrick signs a one-year deal to remain with the team. And for the first three or four weeks, he was the passing yards leader. This dude had a thousand yards, over a thousand yards passing, I think, after week three that year. He had a couple 400-yard games against the Saints, and I think he had one against the Eagles. Yeah, against F- Philadelphia, who were both Super Bowl contenders that year. He smacked them around. Um, yeah, he went two and zero. Opened the season, he threw for eight. Excuse me, 819 yards, eight touchdowns, and a 78 complete percent completion percentage. Um, those first two weeks. And he would throw three more touchdowns in a loss against Pittsburgh in week three, but he did enough to keep the job when Winston returned. Winston returned in week four, and Fitzpatrick was still the starter. I remember all these funny stories about this. Winston would pop his head in meetings. He goes, I'm still the, I'm still the starter, right? Like, there's all sorts of drama going on, and um, and Fitzpatrick messed up. He threw uh, – he completed only nine passes on the day against uh, Mitchell Trubisky-led Chicago Bears as they po- – uh, Chicago put 48 points on the Bucks. Um, Winston would, they they would do this weird thing where Winston would get the starting job, uh, hold it down for a game, get pulled at halftime the next and just switch out. It was one of those very, very weird, um, weird things, but yeah, it was a lot of pain in that 2018 season that started out very, very exciting. First play the, but for the bucks that year was like a 70 something yard touchdown pass from Fitzpatrick to, to Deshaun Jackson. Very first play, no run play call, just gunslinging it, just go. But that was 2018. And in 2019, he signed with your wonderful um, Miami Dolphins. He actually did pretty good. This is a, he was actually a very good starter for the Dolphins that year. They had just gotten rid of Ryan Tannehill. You're muted. No, I'm not. you were for a second. You were talking. You were looking. Like you were talking. Oh yeah. Uh, well, that's because the Dolphins do what he was—a cheap starter. He did good though. He was all right. He showed spunk. That was a, that was a bad team. It was a bad team. That really was a bad. Can team. you right? You can't even argue that they got rid of uh, all their players. Jay Ajayi was gone that year. Or no, oh, he was, he was no, gone. that was a couple years prior. Excuse me, but that was Adam Gase selling him away. That's right. That is true. But but to... he stripped down that team though. He did strip down that team. Twenty nineteen didn't have a lot of notable names because he stripped down that team. Yeah, but no Jarvis Landry, like Jarvis Landry's obviously not part of this team stunk. It was the worst team on paper. But it was a signing that they were like, who's cheap and who can we get to start? Right. And And he he played so good that they extended him for a year or no, he signed a two year contract, didn't he? No, I think he only signed a one. Okay. I mean, oh, no, he did sign a two-year in 2019. That's what it was. Two years worth $11 million. Who? That's a that's a bargain in today's NFL money. I know it is. That's a bargain. And he outplayed it. And he outplayed it, and they still benched him. So it makes it Fitzmagic, Fitzmagic cursed back. They got it. He got, they got hit. Right. Didn't he beat, like, Seattle? And they're like, yeah, we're going to go to Tua. Yeah, let's look at uh, his 2020 stats by the time he got benched. He threw for 2,000 yards. He was 4-3 and three as a starter. Threw for 2,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. That's a good start. <laughs> if that was anybody else, you'd go, oh, that guy's a bum. Get rid of him. You think Tua is putting up those kind of numbers? Tua just threw for four touchdowns. When? 
last game. What this this year? Yeah, I'm talking about Tua at that point in time in 2020. There's two yeah, an offense that wasn't built around Tua. Fitzpatrick was, and they benched him. And Fitzpatrick was sad. And listen, Tua did have some good games. I'm not gonna lie. Tua had some interesting games, but I actually think this is a big problem right now. Is what we're seeing is that when things didn't look good for Tua, they pulled him and put Fitzpatrick in. I I honestly think that's starting to hurt Tua right now. That's why the jury. That's why everybody's kind of against Tua right now. I will say that I haven't had a chance to really talk about that, but doing some thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Tua. Tua is not right now with the Miami Dolphins. When I look at Tua is not the problem, but he isn't the answer. And how can you expect a quarterback to do anything like you're saying now without any momentum or rhythm? This is a rhythm position. When you're talking about a quarterback, you're talking about beating a quarterback. You get out of his rhythm you get him jumpy and if quarterback doesn't find a rhythm then there's a good chance that it's not going to end well why do you think the giants beat tom brady i think that's the same problem going on with patrick Mahomes. um just watching highlights and when he makes the bad plays he, he seems too jumpy and out of rhythm and i think that's that's the problem with Tua is he's never found a rhythm uh, and I'm not, I'm not defending Tua. I'm not like a giant Tua lover, but I'm just saying these are things that we got to look. At, is you never really named him that guy, and yet now he's dealing with all these issues. Right. The Raiders and the Chargers gave Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell each three years. Okay, on and off as a starter, and now the Dolphins want to get rid of this guy after 13 games. And in my mind, he seems to be better than what Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf were. Like, I feel there's more there than what those guys were. Yeah, no, there's no but, doubt about it. Not about it. But, no that's, about that. but like you said, it, it's, it's a momentum. You never did it. You never gave him a chance. And our owner is an asshole. I'm not going to lie. Our owner medals. Medals way too much with things. And I think that's why Tua, that's ultimately why Tua started last year. Is, is what a lot of people are saying. Is Stephen Ross was like, listen, I want Tua out there. Because from what I hear from some, not hot take sports writers, but guys that actually write and write good stories, uh, Stephen Ross is obsessed with finding the next Marino for the Dolphins. Right, and I think that's his big push, his big rush. Instead of just letting things gradually happen, everybody develops in a certain way. Buffalo let Josh Allen develop, and he, and he's what definitely a top five quarterback, if not top three at some points in the NFL. And I think that's where well, this isn't about Tua, but I think that's where can we let to develop. He isn't the problem, but he isn't the answer. I mean, he's not doing too bad this year. 
He has played pretty good the last couple of weeks. There's no doubt about it. But I think it's it's against the Bills this week is probably his big test. He's played some easy teams, but that's confidence, confidence building. Right. You know, Alabama doesn't play a whole bunch of D1 schools. They play these, you know, these crappy D3 type schools and they beat up on them and then they go, oh, yes, now we have our confidence. So I think <laughs> these might be confidence games for him and let's see what he does against Buffalo. Right. No, I'm not holding sure. out hope. I'm not holding out hope, but no, I know, I know, but but yeah, that's kind of the curse of Fitz Fitzpatrick in a nutshell. I mean, they didn't have him. He he led a couple of big time victories for Miami to put them in the playoff position that they were, and yeah. then once uh, that Week 17 game against Miami, which they had to beat Buffalo to get in, Fitzpatrick was out with COVID, and uh, and Miami lost bad. Real bad really that bad. game. It was bad. Um, and then this year, yeah, they've had a lot of struggles um, since. I don't know if that's Fitzpatrick cursing them from all the way from the hospital bed in Washington or or what. But, um, yeah, he's he's not feeling too well either. I was really excited for him to get that start in Miami. But, um, yeah, we might we probably have seen the end of Ryan Fitzpatrick in the National Football League. But uh, I think I'll come back. He's you, like a. You think so? <laughs> I want to see him outlive Aaron Rodgers. He's, you know, he's a Josh McCowan type where he's always going to have a job because he's good at molding people. He's good at being a backup. There's a lot of starter guys who could who could play into their fifties if they really wanted to, just by being a backup and being a presence on the field. Uh, you know, in the locker room and on the field. There's guys who would do that. Fitzpatrick has no shame at all. He is, and I got. I got no problem with him doing that. No problem. Just as long as we realize, as long as people realize what he is, that he is just a journeyman backup that plays a couple of good games and then falls apart. And there's no consistency in his play. Right. You never know. He, he is the box of chocolates of the NFL. All right, because you never know what you're going to get. I hate those little covered chocolate cherry things in there, so you never know if you get one of those really good pieces of chocolate or you, if I'm getting that chocolate-covered cherry. And that's where I'm going with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is that's that, fair. But he's that. He's that. Um, <laughs> but that is it, everybody. That is it for our curse month. That is it. That is the curse of Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, nine teams at this point, but eight, or I would dare say seven people cursed, but there's been several cursings, um, of course, with, uh, with, with multiple occurrences happening to the likes of Trent Edwards and to Jameis Winston. And even, I mean, technically speaking, just, just coming in for Tua, you know? Um, so there's, there's multiple curse effects here. Um, so, so definitely interesting one. Fitzpatrick is, you know, a, uh, one of the most beloved yet in some instances hated kind of guys um, in the NFL, NFL history, at least if you, if you talk to Andrew. So, uh, but that is it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. And on behalf of Andrew and I till next time, the two point conversation is good. Yeah, spot.